Welcome to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for Scarecrow Mrs. King fans. I'm Taya Johnston, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters and good friends, Lexi Fema, Jen Peterson, and Miranda Thomas. We are cruising through season two as we are set to discuss episode eight, An Affair at Bronfield Hall. This episode originally debuted on November 26, 1984, so we're actually only a few days off on recording versus when it actually aired, um, you know, like, what, 20... 20-something years ago, because Lexi can't math. 20-something. 30, 20. dear. Didn't we go 30. to a 30th? Wait, no, 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 because this was 84. Yeah, and we just so went to 34. the 35th. So. 34, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like 30th. So anyway, 30. And it was directed by William Moyard, who we've talked about several times before. It was written by Juanita Bartlett, who we've, all, who we've also spoken about. It was filmed six out of uh, eight, and it was shown eight out of eight. In terms of the uh, guest stars, there's three people I want to chat about today. The first is pretty popular, John Rides Davies. He played Lord Bromfield. Uh, he was born in 1944 in the UK, and he actually has 253 acting credits, um, according to IMDb. So his first was in 1964, and he's still active today. Um, he actually has 14 projects that are currently in pre- or post-production. Some of his most notable roles are, uh, in 1981, he played Sala, um, the Egyptian excavator in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He played Gimli in the 2000s from the Lord of the Rings movies. One of my favorites, The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. He played Viscount Mabry. And one of my favorite cartoons, he was also in two episodes of SpongeBob as Man Ray, the villain to Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. So he's done a lot. Um, he's really known for his distinctive voice. But yeah, he played Lord Bromfield um, in this particular episode of Scarecrow vs. King. Second person that I want to chat about today is Lady Bromfield, um, who was played by Meg Wynne Owen. She was born in 1939 in the UK. Has 71 total acting credits, um, first in 1961 and through 2014. Some of her most notable roles include Pride and Prejudice in 2005 as Mrs. Reynolds, and she was also in Love Actually in 2003 as PM's secretary. The last one is James Warwick. He played Errol Pridemore. Uh, he was born in 1947 in the UK, had 41 total acting credits, and was active from 1971 to 2014. Some of his most notable roles, um, he was actually in Doctor Who in 1984, playing the character Scott for Earthshock Parts 1 through 4. He was in the TV series of Iron Man in 1994 under a few different characters. And then he also did a lot of video game voiceovers for the Star Wars video game series in the late 90s to early 2000s. So um, not too much exciting uh, stuff going on as far as the guest stars, but the cool thing is that they're all still alive. None of them are dead. So there's that. That's cool. <laughs> I... <laughs> We always, we always have these guest stars, and they're, like, literally they're all dead. Crazy. And they're like, oh, they died, you know, like, 20 years ago, or, like, they died recently. And all of them are still alive and kicking. So, yippee doo da. Here we go. Jonathan yeah. Reese davies I always think of him from Sliders. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show. But Jerry O'Connell, the fat kid from Stand By Me, was the main character in it. And I loved that show. So, that's why I always think of him. Yeah, he had a lot, lot, lot of stuff listed, obviously. So, okay. Yeah. 
what I was familiar with because there was just so many that I could have. I mean, I could still be talking about him yeah. probably for the next hour alone. <laughs> you mentioned SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. <laughs> so I just have to say quickly that, that I'm known as the weird mom that didn't let my kids watch SpongeBob. <laughs> what? It's so classic. It's so I funny. know. I just I thought it was just this mindless cartoon and. Here's I wouldn't let them watch it, and now, like, years later, they're like, my mom's so weird, she didn't let me watch SpongeBob SquarePants, and now I let Jonah watch the third one. <laughs> yep, that's how uh, it always goes. The last uh, kids get to do whatever they want. But, yeah, those ones have got a lot of life lessons. It spans a lot of time, cultural references. It's really just a beautiful thing. I'm going to so, have to dig deeper. I'm going to have to dig deeper. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that under consideration. <laughs> All right. Glad I could influence you in that way. Anytime I can be an advocate for SpongeBob, I'm there. In a fair at Bromfield Hall, Amanda finds herself caught in a sex scandal. No way! While helping Lee investigate a security leak in England. Figuring out the players and motivation of the real love triangle holds the key to plugging the leak. Obviously, TWA paid for uh, SMK people to go to Europe. Because they are once again getting a shout out, not only on the plane coming in as the episode opens, but also uh, on the double decker bus that uh, goes by. It's also a TWA bus. So, product placement for the win! Yes. Is TWA still around? Did they? No, they're gone. Yonder? No, they were oh, there. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> product placement for the loss. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't do them well, apparently. No. The episode, once again, we get some really cool shots of England uh, in the Thames. And it's, um, they, they are starting out on the pier. And we zero in on a gentleman who seems to be a bit nervous. And he is uh, in a really cool phone booth. I so want one of those. I, we've been looking for one for our basement. Uh, but they're so expensive. But they're the old. Because all the Doctor Who fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was, it, it was, I mean, before it started getting popular again, it was, they were, they're just always expensive. expensive. too. Yeah, yeah, they're always expensive. But the guy has a business card and he is calling to talk to somebody and somebody else, it, it appears somebody else wants to use the phone, but apparently they're not um, interested in waiting. So they just pull out their gun and shoot the poor bastard. <laughs> Sometimes when you've just been waiting in lines for so long, that's what you want to do. Especially and like, so a crazy Christmas, person yeah. would do it. Normal people would just be like, man, I'd really love to. So I can swap their spot in line. But you refrain. Most people. Most same people do. But, but with the holidays coming up, I can totally see the mentality behind it. Because fuck all these lines right now. And it's not even the full holiday season. <laughs> I get road rage. Just walking yeah. behind somebody. And I think I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm just like, move it. You're in my way. Get past. Yeah. yeah. Or like if you're walking by them on the street, you're, you, you know, you're thinking in your head, like, I could just kick out their knee and they could just fall on the ground and I could totally sit Oh, my gosh. I, I literally feel, I feel violence towards people that are in my way when I have something to do or somewhere I need to be. If they're in my way, I just, my brain automatically is like, you just do this, and then they're gone. Like, they will be in your way anymore or anyone else's way ever. Well, that's so, harsh. Wow. One way, what I'm trying to say is I feel this person's pain. If they are if they were solely just waiting for the person to get done with the freaking phone call, I understand the rage. <laughs> totally well, get it. I think we can assume it wasn't about that. 
I um, think you're right. Ever the gentleman, after he kills the uh, slow phone call maker, he picks up a card, and it is Anacord Electronics, and guess mm. who the president is? Dun, 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 Lisa. So, uh, he takes the card, and in the script they mention, oh, by the way, the script is a final draft dated August 6, 1984. In the script they, they mention, they actually call out the business card that it should be rather large, so it's more of a European style, and it, 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 they've even spelled out, like, it needs to have on the right corner, it needs to have Anacord Electronics, and then on the bottom, it needs to say Lee Stetson, and then underneath that, it needs to say President. So they were very specific. Uh, Juanita was very specific in, in uh, her direction. That's because she paid attention to detail and history. Yes. You're I right. give her props. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so then we uh, leave the poor bastard in the phone booth, and we are... <laughs> We hear Lee talking, he's dictating, uh, and we find out he's dictating to Amanda, and he's talking about, he's just saying a bunch of gibberish, but he actually mentions that he wants it uh, made out directly to Hatman, which, if you watch the credits in this episode and many others, you'll see Stephen Hatman, who is a producer and writer on the show. Remember, we got the lowdown on that uh, from Mike Deersing that he told Bruce to give the bad guys names that were part of the crew because then he would remember who they are. So that's probably what they did here again. So uh, Amanda's scribbling away, and uh, he's he just keeps talking gibberish. It's kind of funny. He looks really good in that suit, by the way. To his right. And it's a good thing because later he looks hideous and all those stupid, I don't know, I don't like the English look with the turtleneck. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, he looks great in these suits, so that's good. I assume it's an English look. Yeah, I think it's more of a weekend look. I don't know if it's specific, because he wore that, and literally in the episode Weekend, he wore a bunch of turtlenecks with jackets. So I think it's supposed to portray more of a casual, like, weekend in the country kind of look, I I would imagine. Yeah, and probably back then that sort of was the weekend look, but man. Mm Mm-hmm. A debonair weekender. Yes. Now, he pulls her aside and tells her, yeah, you don't need to be writing this stuff down. She's like, oh, well, he goes, I'm not really saying anything. She's like, oh, good, because it didn't make any sense to her. But okay. but she, you know, is just trying to catch up, uh, you know, brush up on her uh, shorthand is what she tells him. But then she asks him, you know, she's like, hey, can you give me some insight into what we're doing here? And he lets her know that they are trying to, to plug a leak from MI5. And it's very tumultuous at the time, uh, currently. Um, and they're, he's trying to tread lightly on it because there's probably some animosity on their side for him being there, and then him trying to trying to trying to do his job as well. And he goes, and that's why you're here. And she's like, right. And he goes, you're window dressing. And she's like, window dressing. He goes, he goes, yeah. <laughs> she goes, oh. <laughs> and he doesn't even think anything of it. But you know what? I don't know that I'd mind being window dressing if I got a free trip to Europe. Yeah. I think she's feeling, though, that she's... Underappreciated? Yeah, and that, you know, she contributes a lot more than just being, you know, his Yeah, she's beyond that. Like, maybe at the beginning, like, they were trying to utilize her as just, like, that civilian cover, but she's done way more to warrant than just being, you know, like, the, the pretty face or the pretty girl on the agent's arm or whatever. Right. 
Well, this version's better than the script. The script, I think he's worse. He he's is, pretty actually. rude at the beginning in the script. And this one, he's actually kind of nice. Actually, Jen, I wrote... window dressing, but... Jen, I wrote a bit cruder on the, <laughs> yeah, on the script. Cruder. She's like, isn't this something uh, more for uh, Francine? You know, somebody like Francine. And he goes, the agency's not about to waste a trained agent like Francine on window dressing. All I need is a body with security clearance. You're perfect for the job. She goes, I'm perfect for the job. He goes, look, I'm not going to need you for the rest of the day. Why don't you go sightseeing or something? And, like, seriously. Yeah, he sounds really snotty. That's mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least they made it a little bit better in the yeah. episode. He was kind of a dick. So he sends her off. And think, Thankfully, the filmed version, he's a little kinder. It's still rough, but it's not as crude. But right. he does send her off to go sightseeing and then tells her to, uh, you know, stay out of trouble. And she's like, try to stay out of trouble. She goes, sightseeing? Oh, hardly any trouble sightseeing. <laughs> Can you say foreshadowing? <laughs> I'm reminded of the song, Famous Last Words of a Fool. Yes. <laughs> then we get to see the cool Morris dancers. And I don't know if you guys remember, but somebody reached out. I think it was Sabine. It might have been I can't remember, but somebody reached out to the actual Morris dancers and asked them if they were aware of this, and they hadn't, so they got to see it, and they, I think they thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, so do you, guys, do you guys know the history on them? Because I, I'm actually kind of curious. I mean, I know they use the handkerchiefs, and they use weapons in their, like, ceremonial dances, but I don't know all the history of it. And you didn't look it up? I can't believe well, it. Well, <laughs> I'm asking you. Did you look it up? Oh, no, because I expected you to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're using swords and stuff in your dances, that can get quite, you know, dangerous to say the least. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Oh, it dates back, I think, hundreds of uh, years for sure. English, like war, and I mean, there's war in there, so I think if there's swords and weapons in your dances, but it'd be fun to go over there and actually see that stuff. Yeah, it would definitely. Because they do have handkerchiefs here, mm-hmm. and I know they use handkerchiefs, but yeah, I don't know if different things mean different things, you know. The earliest mention of the Morris dance is 1448. Holy cow. Wow. Assumed the nature of a folk dance performed by the parishes. Apparently, there are six styles of dancing. The Cotswold Morris, because they dance with handkerchiefs and sticks. The Northwest Morris are more military style and professional. The Border Morris from the English-Welsh borders, like a simpler, looser, more vigorous style. The long sword dancing with the metal swords. Molly dancing, here we go. Traditionally danced on Plow Monday, they were feast dance and danced to collect money. Plow shots, dancers often held flags. That's interesting. Yeah, I just was wondering what what it was. Just part of their culture, like to celebrate. In the script, they mention that uh, they're doing a special festival for Denham, the English village of Denham. Oh. Yeah. And it's funny because Lord Bromfield, who we get to meet now, is standing there watching them. And then Amanda bumps into him, steps on his foot. In the script, she's, you know, she's like, uh, was that your foot I stepped on? He said a very light step, virtually imperceptible, which I think he says a very light step, but I don't think, I don't remember him saying very uh, virtually imperceptible, but then he kind of gets a little flirty more in the script than he does in the episode. 
because he's like, we don't get to see too many Americans here in the village. He said, uh, certainly not such attractive Americans. We're a bit off the usual tourist route. No Roman ruins or medieval cathedrals to recommend us. So he gets a little yeah. flirty there, and then he gets a flirty a little later, too, I noticed. Oh, he says it's village club day. That's what I remember in the village of Denham. He helps her. She's trying to get, she's obviously trying to see uh, the dancers and uh-huh. keeps getting jostled around by other bystanders. Yep. And and then he kind of pulls her off to the side to help her see better and brings her over to a, a bench to and then helps her up onto the bench so that she can see over the crowd, which is very gentlemanly. Yeah, and at one point, I mean, he was like even like grabbed her by the hand too. It wasn't like for long, but he still did. I thought yeah. that was kind of. I don't know. I think he's kind of cute, like when he's when he's younger, like that. So I, if I were Amanda, I would have. I mean, I, and then she found out he was married and everything. But anyway, I thought it was cute. Long story short. <laughs> really, well, he's very uh, gentlemanly. Yes, I like that. He's yeah, he's uh, chivalrous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like how they have a lot of ethnic people around. You know what I mean? It's not just Germans or English or, you know what I mean? Diverse. Diverse. Thank you. There's a lot of diversity there, you know, in the crowd, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't see too many, you know, different looking people at all. Yeah, it can get a little whitewashed. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say again, all these, uh, poor, poor Kate and Bruce, man, it is dead of summer there and it is so hot over there. And they're always in, like, she's in a long sleeve shirt and a sweater and a long skirt. It's got to be hot as heck in that. Yeah, that, that must have been her English sweater because she wore it. Yeah. What was the episode when they're standing in front of the castle and she can have to kill a mongoose. Yeah, yeah kill a mongoose mm-hmm. she wore it, too. Yep, she did. But I, I don't remember her wearing it after the English episodes. But Yeah, probably she wore it. Um, Remember, she has a jacket that's similar, but it's not like that shawl type thing. Uh-huh. It would be hot. So then Lord Bromfield's kind of asking kind of to himself, like, where, you know, what could be keeping his wife? And then we split over to the uh, Bromfield Hall, I would assume. And Gwyneth, his wife, Lady Bromfield, is in the arms of another man. Dun, 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 dun. Oops. <laughs> so and she she lets it slip. She says in there that they've been doing this. They've been sneaking around for five years. A long time. How could you mm-hmm. not know that your wife is cheating on you after five years? I mean, it's an arranged marriage. Okay. And but even though it seems like he's interested in her, I imagine she's kept him kind of at arm's length. Right, but wouldn't you be like, what up with that? You with this guy all the time, like. What's up, you know? I mean, I would second guess it, but he does seem just like a generally, like, nice, unassuming kind of guy. Yeah. He probably sees the the good in people. Kind of like a male version of Amanda, maybe. Yeah. Well, the reason it works is because he actually loves her. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's willing to overlook and forget probably a lot of... Love is blind. Uh Uh-huh. Probably. He's so much better than her because she is not... I know, I was going to say that too. She's just like not, she doesn't seem like a nice person. She's not like, I don't know. Very plain. Very plain. Is it like the English version of, because she does seem kind of English, like her looks and manners and obviously she's probably an English actress, but yeah, I agree. She's definitely not, I mean, she's not flashy, so to speak. Yeah. 
But even her character's personality, too, like, he just seemed, like, his, the character he was portraying seemed, like, very warm, very friendly, very open, and she just seems like a cold fish, like, just, Mm -hmm. except with this guy, but even with this guy, she's like, I love you, blah, 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 and then, and then she's still like, well, I'm gonna do what I want to do, like, who wants to get with that? No way. Yeah, yeah. She could do better. Lexi, I, I'm paused on a, a, a screen of Lord Bromfield and Amanda, uh-huh. and he does he, he does have kind of a cute little face. You know? He does, and he's kind of got like the like bear, yeah, like big really yeah, guy yeah. kind of thing. And I I am totally into that all day. Yeah, and day. he's older, <laughs> so you'd really like that. But yeah, so yeah. I see what you're saying. He's not my type, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, just that just that he's cute. He's yeah. not like whoa, but he like he's yeah. cute. Like, he's lovable. Yeah. He's lovable. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I just see Rage as the last dark every time. <laughs> So he helps her off the bench, and then right then she kind of stumbles, and they're really close. And then you hear the clicking of uh, a camera, and they turn to it, and the guy's taking pictures of them. And both of them are kind of shocked by the look on their face, especially. But, you know, no one's expecting to have a paparazzi, like, pop out and take pictures of you, right? Right. And, and, then, we, and then it goes to a black-and-white, you know, version of it in the paper, and then we see Lee down by the Thames, like, he's like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> he's not happy to say the very least. He goes, I swear, I don't know. She goes, I told you what happened. Yes, you told me. I'm in the middle of the most delicate investigation. She goes, I know that. <laughs> so he's explaining that in four days they have a top level uh, meeting about North Sea oil uh, fields. And they have to find the leak by then. And uh, he's like, and what do you do? You go get yourself mixed up in a sex scandal. She goes, I am not. I don't even know that man. Remember when I said about going back to that last scene, when I said he was kind of seemed like he was crushing on her a little bit in the script later, further into that scene, uh, she's like, they're wonderful, but you can't see anything at all. And he says, I'm she, she was saying like, you can't see he like Laura Bromfield can't see anything because she's up there and he can't see. And he said, I'm seeing it through your your eyes, which is quite delightful. Oh, it's just so cute. It's cute. That's so yeah, nice. that was his character. But I yeah, think yeah. 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 It just seems like he's got a bit of a crush on her, though, too. You know, like right. he's, he's smitten with her in a not in a sexual way, but like in a, you know, this yeah. is a really friendly person. And I like right. that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So in the script, um, the, the photograph is the one Thompson took of Amanda in Bromfield's arms. A headline dominates the page. Mystery mistress surfaces in denim. A lesser banner proclaims, American divorcee falls for peer. Why do to reveal that the newspaper is being held by Lee? <laughs> <laughs> she definitely made the headline. She definitely did. And apparently it's in all the papers <laughs> over there. Man happens to be Lord Ralph. Bromfield. He's not only a peer of the realm, he's a, an undersecretary at the foreign office. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I don't know him. Look, how can that newspaper call me a mistress? What are you whispering for? It's made every rag in town. It didn't make the times. Oh, is that something to be grateful for? Well, listen, at least it said that I was the secretary to the president of Anacord Electronics, so it makes your cover legitimate. What's that? The bright side? No, there isn't any bright side. <laughs> Millions of people I don't even know think I'm a... Bimbet. That's not funny. That really isn't funny. It's really not funny at all, Lee. <laughs> well, I did look up in bed because I thought that was an interesting term. 
And it says that it's slang that originated in the 1980s, so it was real relevant at the time, as a nice way of calling someone a slut whore or a hoe. Oh, wow. I thought it was You didn't know this? Wow. I thought it was bimbo. I I didn't know. I knew what it meant, but I didn't hear it used before in this way. I've always heard of bimbo, but not bimbette. Well, that's what the thing says. I mean... Yeah, if I hear bimbet, I would think it'd be like a bimbo chick. Right? Yeah, but like but that. That's like not what it says. Yeah. It says that it's like, um, it's sort of like one of those urban dictionary slang terms from the 80s. That kind of means a little more than that. Hey. <laughs> so see, Lexi, you millennials don't have all the funny slang words. We have we had some cheesy ones of our own <laughs> back in the 80s. Yeah, from the 1980s. Yeah. Woo! Bimbet. You guys are really out there. Wow. <laughs> Oh, you know what? You're pushing it, lady, tonight. You're yes, really pushing it. probably would have banned this word, too. Just like you banned, what was it, fart? Fart? So bimbat wouldn't have been allowed either. Ban- you say you don't allow not, that? That is not I me. That is cute. That is not I me. I think it's like a bimbo. You do? You think it's cute, bimbat? Well, now that I know what it means, it's not cute. Okay, wait, let's go back. Fart was not ever, I never had a problem with fart. I thought, uh, I thought I Jen did. That's I, Jen. I, I, I don't want my kids saying, like, I farted. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not supposed to use that word, but it does come, it obviously comes up quite often. <laughs> and to be fair, I am 47. So, yeah, the terms to Are me you? Now you're are admitting you're the brag terms I don't like, because I'm from the 80s, and, you know, I'm from that time. So, but back then was probably pushing the envelope a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Not yeah. anymore. You declare that you are a lady through and through. <laughs> I was brought up a lady. You were sassy tonight. My parents. Yeah, no. <laughs> do you want, oh, okay, if you're going to have guests over to your house and you're sitting around, do you want your kid to say, I saw it? No. You don't want that. I would that. rather not announce it, but if they, I would rather a <laughs> hundred times than say fart than two. Remember, I hate the word. I hate it. I, I hate there, let's see. <laughs> what do you mean? Because you're like, you don't like two, she doesn't like fart. They're, they're both the same damn word. It's just a different word. I know, I just I just hate the word itself. Again, I would prefer they not announce it to company <laughs> yeah. if they need to. Okay, but boys, yeah, if they're in the room with boys, well, Kate yeah. has. My yeah. God. She's got they can brother. say that she word is. ten times. I'm yeah. just like, okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> fart and poop. They're the best <laughs> yeah, words poop. ever. <laughs> you can always get them to Okay, we are digressing, and we got, so Amanda's all upset because she's worried that her mother and the boys are going to see her picture in the paper, and she's not going to be there to explain it, and he's, like, you know, dismissing it, and he's, like, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about that, and she goes, yeah, I do, and he goes, they're not going to see it, she goes, you don't know that, he goes, I do know that, because he called in some favors and made sure that the uh, American papers didn't pick it up, that was sweet. So he's 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 redeeming himself from being a kind of a jerk earlier about the window dressing stuff, but he's like, all right, come on, we'll go grab some tea and 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 uh, settle your nerves. And then they walk by a couple, and she's like, oh, and she turns around, and he's like, will you quit skulking? And she's like, I'm not skulking. She goes, they recognize me. He goes, who? So who cares? And then he's saying that she's going to be, uh, she's been booked on a flight. Uh, tomorrow, the, the following morning on TWA. So yet again, 
another tip. another reference. Yeah, yep. another BYU uh, reference. So they're definitely getting their money's worth. You said that uh, TWA is the one that is uh, like what was bought out or something by yeah, someone. Yeah, it's it's gone now. I think it's part of American Airlines, if I'm not mistaken. American. Okay. Yeah, but it was popular in the eighties. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. It wasn't it was Pan Am was popular too. That yep. one that one's gone. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those transatlantic airlines that kinda of went down. Yeah. Well, I think the um airline strikes and stuff, I think that kind of crushed a lot of them. Back with wasn't it Reagan that had to deal with that? I don't know. It might have been, co- yeah, just it wasn't a profitable, you know, because they kind of, kind of catered to the higher class a little bit, and that kind of went away. Everybody wants their cheap seats smashed in there. So it was Trans World Airlines. It was a major American airline that existed from 1930 until 2001. I didn't think it went that way. Wow. It was formed Transcontinental and Western Air to operate a route from New York City to Los Angeles via St. Louis, Kansas City. And other stops with Ford Tri-Motors. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then Pan Am also was on there, um, mentioned in there. I was just said the Concorde, by the way. I mean, I wanted to go on the Concorde. That would be cool. What's What was cool about the Concorde, Jen? It was, like, super fast. It was Traveled like, at the speed of sound. Yeah, it was so fun. Any time they took off, you'd hear the boom. You'd hear a sonic boom once they got to the, the speed of sound. It was really, really? cool. Yeah, they did it every once in a while over Cincinnati. But you could get from, like, Europe to New York and, like, or anywhere. I don't know. You know, Brandon, it was pretty quick. It was, like, half the time or less than half than a regular airline. Yeah. So, in 2001, TWA filed for a third and final bankruptcy and was acquired by American Airlines. Um, American laid off many former TWA employees in the wake of the September 11, 2001 attacks and closed its St. Louis hub in 2003. Hmm. Well, at least I remember the American Airlines thing. I did not know it went through 2001. I do not remember it being around that long. Probably that's why it went under, because nobody knew it was still around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We jumped to, they're having their tea, but now... You know, Lee said, let's go have some tea and settle your nerves. But they're actually having tea with Laura Bromfield. And the three of them are having a conversation. And she's trying to get him, uh, Lord Bromfield, to, um, you know, comment that it's all a bunch of fooey. And he's saying that he's he's not going to make a comment because it'll just fuel the flames. And it'll never, the story won't die. And if they just leave it alone, it'll finally, you know, just burn out. Mm-hmm. Once again, she she gets upset and talks a little more loudly than she should. And uh, everybody in the room puts their attention on her. That's becoming her signature move. I know, like it a, really is. Like part of her yeah, like repertoire. character traits. Her <laughs> repertoire, yeah. yeah. Like let's, let's get really heated and then say something really loud that's inappropriate yeah. for others to hear. And have everyone look at you at same time uh-huh. right he's like that would just feel the flames she goes there is an element in our press which can be described as sensationalist where a scandal does not exist they invent as in this case she goes why don't you just tell them the truth he goes they wouldn't believe me i'm afraid he's right lee says it would be pri- um, printed in a way that made it sound like an out and out lie and then he said they'd rehash the affair she goes there was no affair and she yells it and everybody looks around whatever he kind of calms her down, Bromfield does, and he's like, they did some research, and I was in Washington last summer, and 
unfortunately my wife wasn't with me and uh, it was in the area where, you know, we lived. So it makes it plausible that that's where they met and blah, blah, blah. And they're having, you know, this conversation, this public area. And then all of a sudden that photographer comes in is taking pictures again. He's like relentless. Mm-hmm. He's a good papa. A restaurant that looks that nice would let some skis. Uh, photographer in right. there too exactly amanda's you know just like flustered and she says maybe lee's right maybe i should just go home and she goes but then that would look really bad like i'm running then bromfield says you know that he might have a solution that they've invited some friends over for uh, the weekend and that you know if they invite amanda then it'll look like she's a family friend and lee's like yeah that might actually you know work and he goes well you should come too because he if it makes it look like Lee and Amanda are together, then it, the story won't hold any any truth at all to anybody. Because you know they they aren't at all together. Their which, faces are this is so adorable. They both go, which we're not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Me thinks thou doth protest too much, you know? <laughs> Lee's like, you know, I, I have business to attend to and I can't. And he's like, well, how much business can you do on the weekend? And I... He says, I, I assume that Mrs. King's reputation is of some concern to you. And Amanda's kind of looking at him like, yeah, is it? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, well, it's of some concern. Like, a little bit. Yeah, like he can't say too much, you know. Oh, that man. I'll uh-huh. tell you what. I'll tell you <laughs> Denial what. is not just a river in Egypt. Yes, exactly. Ugh. <laughs> Um, Lee does look good in that cornflower blue shirt with that dark suit. Yeah. He looks yeah. really good. I really like Lord Bromfield's three-piece suit, though, that button-up vest. The pinstripe. Yeah. Like, when he when he stood up and looked at the photographer, he, mm-hmm. like, looked like, yeah. real prime. Here I am looking at the eye candy of, of Bruce Boxleitner, and you're looking at Lord Bromfield. I know. At this point, like, I've seen Lee so many times. But, like, first is a fresh thing. I need some variety in my life. I want, you to be my, I want you to be my wing woman, man. I'll get the hot ones, and then you can go for the, like, over <laughs> flabby guys. Yeah, I mean, I can only look at the same guy so many times and find new things, I think. I, I need the variety. So, uh, Lord Bromfield brings that this to signal. Jen and I have been married for over 20 years. Each. <laughs> yeah. We're looking at the same guy over and over. <laughs> Let's see. Good for you guys. I don't, I don't know what I, 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 I don't know what I Gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you. It's much better to be single, Lexi. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's that. what I think too. Less, <laughs> less stressful to be married. Obviously, yeah. a good marriage. Not yes, a- yes, yes, yes. Let's get serious though for a minute. I love the Jag that he pulls up in. That is a beautiful car. Okay. Um, it's better than his car, like his home car. Oh, my God. You don't like that car either? Oh, that's a good car. No, no. This is. She doesn't like this car either. Oh, Hold my on. goodness. Let me get another look at it. Let me get another. What do you like? like? Jaguars probably. They are different, but I like them. They, they break down a lot, but, man, that's a pretty car. With the, the convertible top on there like that, that's really sharp. It's a cla- I mean, it's a classic. It's old. It's an old one, obviously, but it's it's uh, cute. I like how you look at this roundabout around the um the circle around the mansion, and there's all these fancy cars. Like there's a mm-hmm. Porsche and their car, and then there's like this white minivan. That must be yes. the filming crew's car. 
I'm like, that's really out of place. Yeah, because there's like a Bentley right there in the, yeah. in the forefront. <laughs> and then a minivan over there. Mercedes, uh, like a little GT over there. Yeah, those are, yeah, that's funny. Uh, that building's uh, really mammoth, though. Man, is that big. It's really pretty, though, the architecture of it, you know. I like the front um, arched windows. Do they? Do we know where that is? I mean, obviously it's in Wales, right? I do not know where it is. I don't know if we. I mean, I'm sure somebody does. I'm sure David or Sabine know, but I do not. I'm sure. Yeah, that. I don't think it said because I looked on IMDb quickly and it just said generally in London, England, so it didn't give any specifics. Huh. I'd like to visit it. It's very large. It is pretty. So they pull up to Bromfield Hall, and, I mean, that back of that jag is gorgeous. And that stupid Compson is there again with this darn camera. Ugh, I love this, though. Lee, Lee runs after him and knocks the guy down, tackles him, and and then grabs his camera, and he, he's like, give me that. And he pulls out the, the film out of it, and the guy's like, you can't go mucking about <laughs> He goes, oh yeah. He goes, he goes, that's private property. That's private property. And he goes, yeah. Well, this is private property, and this is a private face. <laughs> I love that. He's like the Alec Baldwin of paparazzis before it was popular. So true. No, you're right. <laughs> Lee and Amanda come walking up, and they're on a, a bunch of people on the lawn, and they're having some brunch. It looks like, and they. Uh, get introduced to uh, Lady Bromfield and Lady Witherspoon. And she says, oh, you're much prettier than your photograph, but that's usually the way, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of a funny lady. She's just kind of, no, she doesn't hold any punches, you know? Yeah. I think when you get to that age, you just don't care anymore. (laughs) Like if you offend somebody, who cares? Yep, it is what it is. Yeah. The Lady Witherspoon just really wants to know the, the juicy details, which obviously there aren't any, and she seems disappointed when she finds out there weren't. Gwyneth, though, is just so drab and, like, ugh. Yes, so drab. So drab. Yeah, her, her hair. Could they, like, done her up a little better? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was really wonder the look, but. She is very, very, I mean, she married up, I have to say. Like, he... He could have done that. Yeah, I genuinely don't know what she brought to the table because, spoiler alert, I mean... Her impeccable bloodline. Lady, yeah, her impeccable, but she was also penniless. So it's not like, you know, she was really pretty, but, you know, didn't have money and bloodlines. It's like, you know, usually in a triangle where you have to, where you can only pick two, she only has one. Mm -hmm. He could have done way better. Okay, I I know that he could have. But... Anyway, but he, he liked Amanda. her. That would have been kind of cool. That's true. He <laughs> liked her. Good point. That's a good point. He, he probably did like her. He liked no. her. And I also think, though, that in England, it's bloodline is very important. It's like you can't marry people that aren't in your yeah. blood circle or whatever. I don't know. What, so <laughs> I, I think your options are limited unless you're going to be disgraced. Well, it's a status thing, I'm sure. And yeah. Yeah. It's not so much now as it was maybe 20, 30 years ago or so, but the idea that he, he had all this money now and he basically could buy himself a title. He wasn't Lord Bromfield before he married her. True. He became Lord Bromfield when he married her. So, I oh, mean... Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. Is that true? Yeah. He wasn't a Lord before... Right, no. But usually men don't inherit titles from their women, from their wives. Yeah. When you're married, you become you become you become the lord. So like if she is a lady or if she is 
a princess, then you become the prince regent or whatever they call it. Like, yeah, that's true. But well, usually, you so like your title. Oh, no, see that. No, see that no, 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 definitely not. They so like if a woman is a lady, just when she marries a man, if he's not also titled, then she goes from lady to missus. And sometimes, out of respect, they'll still call her lady. But he doesn't adopt her wait, title. Wait, wait, then how come there's prince? How come the um, queen is in her husband's a prince? That's that's different because it's the royalty thing. And I think he had a title before. Hmm. He was some sort of something. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't pay attention to any of this. I think it's yeah. Hogwash myself. Some somebody that knows things about yeah. British royalty and British yeah. titles, please message us. <laughs> please yeah. give us feedback. Please do. Because you'd think with all those historical romance novels, I should know what the heck's going on. <laughs> well, I want to get back to some clothing issues here. Um, I do not like Mr. Stetson's white turtleneck. Uh, nor do I like his khakis with that jacket. Uh, no. Uh, he looks like he should go with Gwyneth with her drabby outfit. And Amanda looks pretty, I think, pretty nice in her navy uh, outfit with a cute little scarf and the rolled up sleeves and everything. I think that's cute. But I do not like uh, Lee's turtleneck on there. I, I don't mind him in a dark turtleneck, but I do not like that stark white. Not yeah, one. even worse is when you can, like, see stuff through the turtleneck. <laughs> that in fact i think there's a scene i noticed that you can see like his belly button and i'm just like oh, oh. <laughs> no you gotta put yes, that one out to me it's true <laughs> that's so gross i i don't know where it is i'll point it out if, I, if it comes along i see london i see france <laughs> well you know sometimes they want undershirt you can't see but man i uh I hate that color. We can see his belly button. That cracks me up. Uh, I'm serious. I'll, so, I'll, I'll point out to you. Does anybody else find it questionable? Like, as, as soon as uh, Lady uh, Brownfield takes Lee and Amanda to introduce them around everybody, she brings them directly to her lover, Jeffrey Douglas Wood and Errol Pridemore. Like, <laughs> doesn't that seem a little <laughs> off? Like, <laughs> Like when you avoid she feels him, the most comfortable with. Wouldn't you avoid him at the party, like so no one would, you know, catch on that you're like bebopping with him? That's too obvious. <laughs> it's hiding. Yeah, you have to do the opposite. Um, I do want to point out if you can still frame it, uh, the gorgeous greenhouse behind Pridemore and Douglas Wood is absolutely stunning. It's like two stories high, and it's kind of got that weathered copper look to it at least from the pictures it is stunning i don't know if you guys can see it but yeah, it's really yeah i really love that cool. stuff it's at uh 1614 on the episode yeah it's beautiful i can see it isn't that pretty very pretty wow that's so pretty honestly yeah so i'm like looking up all the titles it's complicated as fuck. we need someone who's like an expert <laughs> and like let us know because because it's a whole clusterfuck. I don't know how they keep track of it. Because <laughs> sometimes they can just be given a courtesy title. Like if one has a title and the other doesn't, just so that they're not like unequal or, or whatever. Or if it was just a, a title because they were married, but the other person held it, then whenever, whoever else they marry after, then they revert back to what they were. It's a whole mess. So wow. we, need, we need an expert to chime in. Please and thank you. Do we? <laughs> do we that's so funny. Yes. Errol Pridemore says, oh, and the Court Electronics, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I think we've met. He's like, oh, right, right. So obviously they know each other. 
And, you know, spoiler alert, they do. But he kind of puts on that air about, you know, about him that they he knows his business, but he really doesn't. Well, he knows his business, but not that business. Mm-hmm. So Lee's like, you know, after just getting there, he's like, uh, something came up in London. I, I need to leave. She's like, you're leaving already? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, yeah. sorry. He's like, so if you'll excuse me. She's like, oh, I quite understand, Mr. Stetson. I mean, she's so, take the stick out of your butt, lady. Frickin' fracker over there, like, nodding their hands, like, yeah, okay, see you later. <laughs> and then we see Compson again. The guy is like a bad penny. He just keeps popping up. Yep. Ah, uh, he's everywhere. So Lee and Amanda are heading back. She's walking him to the car, and he's like, you know, stop worrying. She's like, I'm not worried. And then Aaron Pridemore comes up kind of hesitantly, and he's like, it's all right. And he goes, oh, yes, yes, of course. If Mrs. King is with you, she must be agency, too. And she just kind of looks at him like, uh, does he know about us? <laughs> so Errol Pridemore is MI5. And he is tight as thieves with Jeffrey Douglas Wood. And then they start talking between the two of them, the guys do, about Ransom and how, you know, poor Ransom. And she's like, who's Ransom? And he goes, uh, he, they found him at the, uh, in the Thames. And she goes, you didn't tell me someone was murdered. He goes, you didn't ask. So what does she have to do every day? Go, now, did anybody get murdered today, Lee? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I need to know. Uh, on a need-to-know basis, apparently she didn't need to know that. Mm-hmm. Errol Pridemore is kind of sucking up to Lee. He's like, I just wanted you to know that. He's like, know what? He goes, look, let's be honest. We'd be much happier if the security leak was came from your side of the Atlantic. But it hasn't. Lee says, I think everybody's a lot happier if it didn't happen at all. He's like, naturally, there is one. And what I'm trying to say rather clumsily is there's no resentment of your part in the investigation on this side. And I don't just speak for myself. He's saying he wants the leak found out as well. Spoiler alert, then you should not leak anything, you moron. Right. And then he, of course, has to rattle Amanda's cage. And he's like, I'm surprised to see you here after that nasty newspaper business. She goes, she saw it too, and Lee goes, everyone saw it, Amanda. Like, dude, be nice. <laughs> she just shrugs. And then he says, I don't understand why I'm, I'll be here all weekend, but I don't understand it because Gwyneth despises him. So it's kind of weird. A weird thing to say. True. Sure. And it's kind of funny. He goes, oh, and don't worry about the newspaper thing. It, it has a way it's of blowing over. And she's like, what? She's kind of like, what, me worried? <laughs> no, no problem. Uh-huh. So then Compson is around the house again. And he's like scurrying around like a little rat. And then Lee and Amanda come up to the front of the house where the car is. And um, it's kind of a funny scene. So in the script, it's even funnier, I think. In the episode where they're talking about how it's ridiculous. And she's like kind of takes offense to him saying how ridiculous it is that she would have an affair. And it's kind of a little more quirky in the script. She says, here you are involved in a really important case, and Mr. Melrose sent me over here to help you, and I haven't. All I've done is complicate things. And Lee says, you always complicate things. She says, I do? He says, that was an attempt at levity, Amanda. Come on, lighten up. She goes, I don't feel very light. I mean, a sex scandal. He goes, forget it, okay? That wasn't your fault. She goes, but if people think, and he cuts her off and says, nobody who knows you is going to believe it. You in the middle of a sex scandal, all it takes is one look to know it's ridiculous. And then she says, well, I wouldn't say it's exactly ridiculous. He goes, it's ridiculous, Amanda. She goes, because something happens not to be true doesn't make it ridiculous. Why are we having this conversation? She says, you said, he goes, I know what I said. All right. 
You're sleeping with Lord Bromfield. How's that? She goes, what a terrible thing to say. I barely know the man. He says, people sleep with people they don't know all the time. She goes, well, I don't. <laughs> and he goes, right. It's ridiculous. Now, you mind if I go to work? <laughs> I thought it's that was kind of a compliment, though. I know. I thought it was kind of cute, She doesn't though. take it that way. Maybe she wants to be risque and all, but... Right. But yeah. I thought it was cute. I thought I like that. I think it's a little more insightful than what we kind of got, but it's cute. We actually get to see the film version, which is them arguing about how it's ridiculous and all that. And then they go up and they're standing in front of the front of the building and right in front of his car. He's got his back to the steps and she's facing the steps. And he's telling her to just relax and enjoy herself in the country. Um, you know, it's a nice weekend in the country, something that she wouldn't normally get to do. And she's like, are you sure you don't need my help? He's like, look, take a look around. Hmm? He's like, this is hardly your usual day in the country, right? Stay, relax, make the most of it. And she's like looking around and she looks up and she's like, yes, it is, you know, very beautiful and it's big. And then all of a sudden she sees an urn falling and pushes him out of the way. And then he hits his head on the, on the, brick on the stone like the steps actually i think it's on the pillar oh it's on the corner of the pillar i think is where he hits in the script though they actually say it's a gargoyle that falls but it was an urn that fell in the film version it was hard to find a stone gargoyle in the middle of the country yeah probably right and something that they wanted to watch crash too probably they probably didn't want anything uh falling it also seemed like he got hurt worse in the script yeah he was uh, uh, more unconscious i think right yeah no, i mean he stayed because someone tried to kill him but in the script it was kind of like and he's really hurt like yeah can't, can't leave because he's oh yeah hurt. he got up and then he like started to get dizzy yeah you're right lee says what the hell is going on around here and she just kind of looks at him i do like her shoes she always wears these they're like um they're not a kitten heel, but they're a little smaller. And then they have a, oh, a peep toe, and they're cute. They're black ones. I love the dress she wears. Yeah. It is so yeah, pretty. Yeah, me too. So, so, so stunning. And then he always looks delicious in the talks. <laughs> and so does Lord Bromfield. He looks handsome. I wouldn't say delicious, but he looks handsome. He looks handsome, but good God, that bow tie is something yeah, awful. Yeah, it's like a double bow tie. <laughs> I, honestly, that's a bow that I would wear to try and make it more feminine, you know, like a bow tie. Yeah. But he should not be wearing it. It is not cute. Like I agree. Just, a single bow tie would have done just fine with them. Yes, I agree. It's like yeah. what girls wear in their hair kind of bow. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yes. I never noticed it before, but you're right. Um, I do love that beading on her dress, though. That's really pretty. Yeah, so pretty. And she's got... It's I mean, a lot of skin for her. Yeah. It's she, a lot. She's got... Great oh, shoulders and arms, though, man. <laughs> she can she can wear yeah. something like that. And she's even got the cleavage showing at the at the same time. Yeah. So like of all the times for her to be trying to avoid a sex scandal and needing to dress like normal Amanda King, <laughs> this is the time where she's like, Oh, you think I that the story's ridiculous? Well here, I've got two <laughs> reasons as to why it's not, sir. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how I was, when I was rewatching it, that was kind of my thought process. Maybe she did it a little bit, you know, uh, just to, just to push it in a little bit more. Yeah. To be like, not quite so ridiculous. Might be a mom, but I've still got it. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. Now, Lee goes right over to the pipes and picks them up and, which I don't know if I were, if I were in someone, I guess in someone's home, especially something like that, I wouldn't go up and pick up those things, you know? Definitely not. Because those things are, like, really old. and Yeah. 
Oh, but he does. He picks him up, and then Amanda, being the motherly Amanda that she is, says, "Oh, I would keep those away from Philip and Jamie." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody asked your opinion on that. Definitely. In the script, she says, "I I would have I would have to keep them up much higher than that. <laughs> like I they'd be up higher on the wall. So like, it's oh good my gosh! Like you keep those uh, boys away from those. So funny. He goes, they're decorative now, but dare I say they did their share of damage in in their time. He goes, it's a great shame you didn't actually see the photographer in the act. You could have brought charges against them." And she's like, why are you so sure it's the photographer? He goes, well, who else could it be? And he, he says, I checked him out. His name's Ronald Compson. He made threats against you, didn't he? He said, at least says, yes, yes, but I think it's a little out of character. And, and Amanda's like, well, anyway, whoever it was must have been inside the house. How did he get inside? And then Bromfield says, you know, with a party going on, it wouldn't be too difficult to, you know, with people coming and going for him to sneak in there. But it does seem out of place for a photographer to be attempting murder just because he took his film. Bromfield is saying how much he despises parties and Lee's trying to get Amanda's attention to like get her to go along with the fact that, yeah, she's super excited about going to this party too. So now Bromfield is all about getting to the party because Amanda is excited about it. So I definitely think he has a little bit of a crush, not a pervy crush, but just a, a cute sweet innocent crush you know yeah like he's enjoying the company of a beautiful woman yeah. sort of exactly. now Gwyneth's outfit is horrendous horrendous yeah. it looks like mrs roper's clothing from three's company yeah really yeah bad. it is not cute the color's awful the the styling the draping it's just awful yeah it's, it's very uh i don't even know i don't even have a word I mean, like that jeweled, like collary thing that also matches the the cuffs on the wrist. Right. It's just not cute. And then her hair is like so strange. At the same time, it's got like a like a wrapped coronet braid around like a weird bun. I don't know. She's she's a hot mess. She needs she needs some help. She's definitely she a hot mess. Styling expertise. It's like Kate said. Okay, guys, uh, style team, make sure you put her, make her look so frumpy. Yeah. That I'll look like a million times better. Yes. <laughs> Not that she but would need a, that, but it's like, it's such a con- contrast between the two of them. Yeah. But there's some interesting dresses in that room in general. So right. Yeah, the one right behind the, Amanda's. Yeah, the lady too. with the rainbow. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's the English wardrobe style they had going yeah. on, but. The yeah. One, Even the, like um, behind um, Lady Witherspoon, that like peach, poofy thing. Yeah. There's a like, couple. The lady yeah. with the bun right on top of her head. She's wearing yeah. like this peach yeah. section of a dress. I don't know. That one's really strange, too. And The royal blue one looks pretty, though. The sleeve yeah. at least, that I can see. But mm-hmm. Lady Witherspoon's outfit is a million times better than uh, Gwyneth's, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're so right. Yep. <laughs> and she's got a good 30 years on the woman. So, I mean, <laughs> so <funny>. At least. <laughs> at least. I, I was being generous. So... Lady Witherspoon wants to hear the story again, and Amanda's got to chase after Lee because she's she's like, oh, it's Compson. She goes, Compson? Who's Compson? <laughs> Compson? Did you guys see that rocking horse down that hallway? Isn't that so creepy? It's just like sitting there at the end. It reminds me of um uh, what's the what's the Stephen King one? The Shining. The Shining, yes. yes. It yes. reminds me of The Shining. Look at that ceiling, yep. though. That ceiling is beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. You know, The Shining was filmed here in Oregon at in Mount Hood. At Mount oh, Hood, was it? And you can go up there and you can see all the creepy rooms. Wow. No, thank you. No, That's thank cool. you. Hard pass. It's pretty cool up there. <laughs> well, the, this whole room is very cool. I mean, it, the, it, I see why they picked it. It's really neat. I mean, just architecturally, it's cool. It's got so many things going on with the floor and the the tapestry on the wall and the, the furniture is so old and then the arches with the holes in them and then that horse, that creepy horse in the ceiling. It's just, a, it's amazing. Yeah. But Lee runs down, chases after Compson and then Amanda's going by and then of course, Miss Detail, she, she sees that there's a pike missing and comments, you know, one pike is missing. She's actually wearing different, different earrings. Did you guys notice that? She's not wearing the same one she wears every time she dresses up. This garden is so amazing. I would love to know where that's at. I love those mazes and stuff. I know. It's very cool. That's why I said I think this whole, like, wherever it was that they filmed this whole episode, like, that whole hall area looks really cool. Very cool. fun to visit. That maze is huge, too. It's, like, a good 10, 12 feet up. Can you imagine taking care of that garden with those no. mazes? Oh, nope. my gosh. No way. I, I would be lost every day to be like, oh. Taya's got to get found again. we got to clean up on aisle six. <laughs> I know. I feel like we got to go put the maze. I'm leaving some breadcrumbs. <laughs> get back out. <laughs> That's so funny. It's very cool, though. It's a neat idea. Have it there. Now we got Lee and Amanda and Compson, and now somebody else is in there, too. And they're all running around. And it's kind of fun. It looks like there were a bunch of mice running around trying to ch- chase, chase the cheese. Yeah, basically. And then someone's walking around with a pike. Do we ever really know who was that? Did they tell us, and I can't remember. Was it? It was Errol. Uh, it was Errol. I think it, it's Errol because yeah. they. Um, because I he's like, I wasn't planning on doing right. murder. Yes, I think it was him. Mm-hmm. He was trying to kill Lee. He was trying to kill Lee, and he got Compson instead. Yeah. Just as he just as he gets killed, Amanda walks down the aisle there and sees him, and he's like, uh, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get a beautiful shot of England again. So pretty. And we're at New uh, New Scotland Yard. Is there an old Scotland Yard? Not anymore. No. Amanda's wearing new clothes. But Lee's still wearing that, that mock turtleneck, that turtleneck and the khakis. And now he's got a different jacket on. But it's the same outfit, right? It um, change up to the murder. Well, I know. But I'm thinking they just filmed this on the same day or something. Because he's wearing khakis and that white turtleneck again so the only difference is the jacket i think it's meant to be thought of as a different day because oh for sure it is i'm just saying i think they filmed it on the same day though oh and they got they kind of lazied out on it is what i mean i want to know what the difference is on those phones why is there a red one and there's a gray one like Uh does batman call on the red one the red phone is goes straight to the to the man in charge the prime minister Oh, yeah. That's cool. It's a great view. It is beautiful. Yep. Well, we saw this view when they were doing uh, To Kill a Mongoose, too. Remember when she was, yeah. mm-hmm. when she was in, in gruelingly interrogating Connie? <laughs> and the guys were listening. So Inspector Keaton is kind of grilling them, but Amanda, well, Amanda sees it as grilling him, and she's like interruptingly, and she's like, Sir, he didn't kill him. I mean, sure, he's got a temper, and he blows up, but then it blows over. <laughs> so she's, like, totally laying it out for the guy that Lee did it. And he's like, Amanda, will you shut up? 
And the king's like, thank you. <laughs> he does, too. He's like, thank you. And Lee's just looking at her like, are you for real? <laughs> He's not a violent or irresponsible. And I really think it should go on record that he was angry because Mr. Compson published a story and a photograph about Lauren Bromfield and myself, and it wasn't true. <laughs> I was angry, and Lauren Bromfield was angry, but we didn't kill him. <laughs> he goes, somebody did, madam. She goes, but it wasn't Mr. Sexton. He goes, Amanda Keaton didn't say I killed him. He said I had a motive, which you just confirmed. <laughs> he goes, now please be quiet. That's not very nice. And then he, that's where he says, thank you, Mr. Stetson. <laughs> yeah. Now, who's Mr. Newhouse? I mean, I know he's the guy behind him, but, like, does anybody, do we know who he is? Like, is he a boss of Keaton, or? Uh, I didn't look it up, but no, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm just wondering if we, I don't know if we ever find out, but he's saying, you know, <laughs> that Lee's working on this case, and, you know, it can't be compromised. There's too much at stake. And he goes, our man Ransom has already paid with his life. And then Keaton says, granted, however, we can't ignore Mr. Thompson's death. He goes, for the moment, you can mark it as accidental. He goes, a pipe driven through the back is hardly accidental. He goes, it wasn't meant for Thompson. I think it was meant for me. And then Amanda's like, for you? So she's now she's upset. So he, he gets that. He understands that it wasn't Amanda's fault about the sex scandal, that that was all a ploy to get him out to Bromfield Hall to eliminate him. So I think he's, you know, he realizes they were just using Amanda and, you know, she didn't do something. She didn't screw up like he sometimes thinks, I think. They're saying Lord Bromfield is undersecretary at the foreign office. So obviously he's tied into this as well. And as liaison with the intelligence agency, he's privy to a great deal. And she's like, why would Lord Bromfield try to kill anyone in his own home? And Lee's saying, I don't think he would. He goes, there is Errol Pridemore, MI5, and Jeffrey Douglas Wood, whoever the hell he is. And they can't find anything on him except he's got a very active social calendar. Yeah, we know the past five years who he's been very active with, right? Too right. Too well, right. Well, he's earned his keep there if you get together with her. <laughs> he's he's getting one for the giving one for the team, right? <laughs> he shouldn't have to kill anybody. He'd be like, dude, I'm I'm dealing with her. Know. You gotta kill people. That's a fair trade. <laughs> That's probably how it went down. It probably is. It was Pride more that was doing all the killing. <laughs> You're probably right. That's so funny. Oh, another one of those telephone booths. I so want one of those. They're so cool. This one has wet paint on it, by the way. <laughs> so she's, Amanda and Lee are, are going, you know, walking down by the Thames. And uh, she's like, you can't go back there. And he's like, I'm running out of time. And she's like, oh, I wish you wouldn't say it, put it that way. <laughs> She goes, but someone at Bromfield Hall is trying to kill you. He goes, yeah, and I hope they try again. And she's like, oh. So then she kind of, I love this scene coming up, by the way. I think I think every every SMK fan has this as one of their favorite moments, I'm sure. But she kind of gets kind of upset and kind of creeped out by the fact that he's doing it. He's like, Amanda, it's what I do. She's like, I know. She's like, all right, I'll go with you. He's like, no. She goes, what do you mean no? He goes, no. No, I have to go with you. I'm part of your cover. Lexi and Jen. Yes. And both Jen, too. Do you guys like her, her skirt? It's kind of um, that look you guys like. It, she had a jacket similar to that. Did you guys see it? If it's the one I think it is, yes, I do like it. But I, I'm it, not cut up quite yet. It reminds me of my grandma's couch, so that's what reminded me of it. Because you guys have like that, <laughs> that look. <laughs> you know what? It keeps popping up. I saw I a, a, another TV person wearing that same style. Yeah. Same colors and... And that um, texture. That's funny. 
Yeah. But I think this is the scene where you can see the belly button, though, unfortunately. So this is the part where you see his belly button? Oh, one of my favorite scenes. I know, it's in a belly button. Please. Okay, you have to watch it from when they're walking up to the... I think you see it several times, but this I just noticed it when I was watching it. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'll have to look. So Amanda's arguing with him, saying, you know, she's part of this cover. How is it going to look if she, if he goes back to Brownfield Hall without her? He's like, all right, but Strictly is part of my cover. She goes, right, window dressing. He goes, come on, I didn't mean it the way it sounded. She goes, I know, I didn't. you didn't mean it. It's all right. And then she kind of conspiratorially, she goes, I think it's Lady Bromfield. Lady Bromfield? Mm-hmm. No, she's not strong enough to power that pike through the hedge. Well, no, I don't think she actually did it, but I think she's behind it. I just don't trust her. I don't know what makes me ask this, but why don't you trust her? It's a feeling. Oh, that's solid, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't think she loves her husband. <sighs> Amanda, she's been married to him for 12 years. She stood by him through this whole scandal. That's very nice, but I don't think she loves him. Amanda, no. Lee. There's just something about the way that she looks at him. There's nothing in her face when she looks at him. She just doesn't look like she loves him with him. There's nothing in her eyes. And they never touch each other. Have you ever seen him hold hands? Or have you ever seen him put his arm around her? She, and, you know, people who care about each other, you know, they want to be close to each other. And, and they... Uh... She doesn't touch him. It's a cute yeah. moment, that awkwardness between them is yeah. so sweet. It was one that I thought might not be in the script, but it was. But it's so amazing how they transfer that into, yes. you know, that character interpretation of it. It's just adorable. It's palpable, yeah. that awkwardness, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, you can't write that, I guess. Yeah, you, you can't say that to the table. Yeah, you can't say act this, you know. You, they just do. And that's what's what's so cool about them, the two of them together, that that magic, you know. Yeah. Very sweet. But they look cute. Um, his jacket actually matches somewhat of her skirt. You know, it's more, his is more bold than hers. Hers is more muted. But it, they actually uh, complement each other. Yeah. I do like her in white, that creamy off-white color. Uh-huh. And then yeah, he, she looks good in this episode. Yeah, she does. And then he puts his arm around her, and then she kind of is, like, looking back, trying to get him to, sh- to shake it off of him. <laughs> it's so well, now funny. she thinks it's going to be misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. So now they're heading back uh, to Bromfield in that really cool car that Lexi doesn't care for. <laughs> it's fine. It's better than his Porsche. You're like, so, it's fine. It's like a $100,000 car. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. So now we have uh, Drab Gwyneth. I'm, I'm just going to start calling her Drab Gwyneth. And <laughs> she's uh, in a study with uh, her lover, and she's like, I'm filing for divorce. And he's like, you know, wait, slow your roll here, because he doesn't want his gravy train to be gone, you know? Right. And she's like, I should have done it the minute that article came out. She goes, why I allowed you to persuade me to do otherwise is absurd. And he goes, Ralph can be a generous man. He can also be vindictive. Again, her outfit is just horrendous. Yeah. Just shows that she might have money now, but it still can't buy taste. Damn, that's that's true. Do you like her choker? Her choker? Mm Mm-hmm. I'd like to choke her. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, for for the 80s, I think it's cool. Yeah. 
I, you yeah. just you wear those every once in a while. Yeah, I do. I do like a good choker. Mm-hmm. I still think they're trying yeah. to emulate like whatever they think the um, English fashion is. Maybe, and, and it could I be mean, that that different is. than us. Yeah, it, it could be that that is the fashion, or was yeah. you know was the fashion back then. His sweater, he looks like he's an Irishman in that sweater, doesn't he? <laughs> And again, again, it's summer there, you guys, and they're all wearing these I, know, I can't imagine. I would be so, so angry. Oh, you would be, cranky. you would be so, whatever. Falcino to the max. Yes, yes, you would. And I now understand how warm you get. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am a hot-blooded person. Oh, I'm that's right. You so, she said, instead of naming Mrs. King as a correspondent, having her for the weekend. So she's disgusted by it, even though she knows nothing ever happened with them. She says she's pleasant enough sort. Oh, and her skirt's pleated, too, for crying out loud. So she's really bitter about having to put up this front, you know, and just wants to be with her lover. And and he's like, just, it's a few more days, because he wants to get through this whole thing with North Sea defense strategy stuff. Uh So... He's like, just a few more days. And she's like, finally agrees because he asked for it nicely. And then we have the grounds again, the beautiful grounds. And Lady Witherspoon is walking and talking with Lee and Amanda and giving some insight into Ralph and Gwyneth's relationship. And that's where we learn that it, it's a um, arranged marriage. Um, also, that Pridemore and Douglas Wood are always together, but they're not friends. Which is very insightful. I like how uh, Kate's holding Mrs. Witherspoon's arm, you know, when she walks up the steps. That's very sweet. Uh-huh. Lady Witherspoon's grilling Amanda again about the what happened with the with the fair picture and everything. Yeah, she's she seems so disappointed when it was when she finds out that it was really innocent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she says Gwyneth had an impeccable bloodline, but not a penny to her name. But you see how well it's all worked out. And then that's when they ask about uh, Pride Moore and uh, Jeffrey uh, Douglas Wood. And just that she doesn't know anything about them, but they're always together. But they're not close, not necessarily friends. She goes, I know that sounds odd, but and he goes, no, it doesn't seem that odd at all. He always plays with his pockets. <laughs> so uh-huh. funny. <laughs> Amanda's just commenting on how nice she is. And, and he's like, all right, Jeffrey Douglas Wood and Errol Pride Moore, anything there? He goes, I'm a, I'm a, I need to find out. She goes, well, how are we going to do that? He goes, I'm going to go through the room. She goes, we can't do that. He goes, no, we're not. I am. She's like, no, I'm not going to let you do it alone. They've tried to kill you twice. If they try again, I want to be there. He goes, to do what? To do what? She goes, uh, scream? She, um, sir, she did save your life um, just a day or two ago. How soon they forget, right? How soon? Goodness. He's like, Amanda, I appreciate your concern. I really do. No, he doesn't. He goes, but I'm got a far more important job for you. She's like, what? He goes, this is very important. She mentioned Gwyneth and her impeccable bloodline. Yes, I want you to trace it. I passed a bunch of books on genealogy in the small library. You should find everything you need in there. She's like, right. She goes, I don't ever really understand. He goes, trust me on this. Hmm?" When he looks at her like that, you have to just go, okay. And he knows that. (laughs) And then he's got his arms, uh, his hands on her arms. And then she's like, kind of like, he's touching me again. (laughs) <laughs> she like puts her arms in like to shake him off. Uh-huh. <laughs> he gives him a funny look, like a toothy grin. She goes, "Be careful." He goes, "Oh, always." So he just shook her off his t- t- tail so that she he could you know get some stuff done without her bothering him. And then we get we go back to Pride Moore and 
Douglas Wood and they're arguing in the small library, which didn't he just tell Amanda to go in there? And they're discussing the whole thing. So we're getting the whole plot here. It's these two, Frick and Frack, are, uh, you know, have just admitted to killing uh, Compson and trying to kill Lee. And now they're going to have to kill Amanda and Lee. And he's like, why are you so squeamish? He goes, I don't like, I don't like killing women either, but you know, it becomes necessary. So he's saying that after the North Sea thing is over, they'll be able to pack it in with all the money they're going to make uh, selling it. Yeah. He goes, we eliminate Stetson and Mrs. King. He goes, no, I am not killing a woman. An agent, Errol, she's working with Stetson. She's more like an apprentice agent. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, it would simplify matters if it looked like an accident. Yeah, that doesn't seem too uh, suspicious, having like three people killed in one weekend, right? Right. All connected to the same thing. Yeah. He goes, but in in any event, they both die. Are we in what agreement? do you think these guys do? Do they, like, sneak into Lord Bromfield's room and steal the strategies? Like, every time they're at his house on the weekend? Or what are they doing? It could be. It could be MI5's. I mean, MI5 probably has all the information, too. So uh, Pridemore would have access to it, too. Right? Well, then you wouldn't need uh, this grand thing with Jeffrey and all. I mean, I'm assuming it's because Lord Bromfield's like the foreign, what's his title? He's like the... He's the undersecretary. Uh, yeah, for the probably. foreign office. So he probably has right. the plans and then... And that's why he's They're there. like sneaking around Bromfield's house, stealing the plans. And yeah, it must be. You're right. He has that and Like, Lord Bromfield has, has the information and the contacts. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. has to be there right. and all that. And then Pride Moore's got the insight of knowing what's coming and going and all that stuff too, I'm sure. The combination of the two. Well he probably's the one that knows the people on the other side of the Iron Curtain that they're passing to. Right, right. So that chair that Amanda's in is very uh interesting. It's like it's Uh it's like a hood. It like comes over so you can't it looks like they made it specifically for this. It looks very fake. You know, it doesn't look like a real chair. Because, I mean, it's like a tomb in there. <laughs> so she's in there, and she gets to hear the whole thing because they don't even see her in there. And then they leave, and now she's freaked out. And she gets up to go get out of the room, but the door handle won't work. So she's freaking out. And then she hears someone coming. So then she goes to the desk and grabs, I don't even know what that is. Is it <laughs> like a mallet or something? It looks like when you take communion, like those cups. But it can't be. You know what I mean? Is it hollow? I, don't <laughs> I have no idea. And then, and then Bromfield comes in and she's like, "No, no, don't close it!" And he goes, "It's perfectly all right." And she goes, "No, it's not. They're gonna kill Mr. Setson." He goes, "Murder? I don't have time to explain. I have to get out." And he goes, "One moment." He goes, "Look, it's an ancestor's idea of a joke. It's a spring device here. Handles works." She's like, "Thank you very much." And then she runs back and she's like, "Where did Mr. Douglas Wood and Mr. Pridemore stay?" First room to the right. You better show me. <laughs> so then they run up the stairs, and who do they bump into but Lee? And uh, she goes, I heard them in the library. <laughs> They're going to kill us and steal the plans for the North Sea <laughs> defense strategy. He goes, who? Pride Moore and Douglas Wood. They're in it together. I was reading the book on genealogy. He goes, I sent you there to get you out of my hair. <laughs> she goes, you did what? He goes, what on earth is going on? I demand an explanation. She so, wouldn't solve the case. I know. Hanging out in the library. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, frickin' Fack are caught, <laughs> and Bromfield 
like confronts them and he's like, what is this about this? And then Gwyneth sees, comes down the stairs and then Douglas Wood uses it as a distraction and knocks, gives uh, poor Bromfield a punch in the face as if he doesn't, didn't do that enough with his um, sleeping with his wife. All right. So then those two guys run off toward the stables and Lee and Amanda rush out and he says, stay out of this. She goes, stay out of it. And he goes, what are you going to do? She goes, right. <laughs> well, so she's so defenseless. I mean, come on. She's done her share. That really annoys me. Look at all the pretty horses, though. So the bad guys run into the stables. And then Lee goes after them. And so does Amanda. Goes after Lee, of course. I was looking for his belly button, but I still don't see it. This is a really scary scene when that, with that guy with the pitchfork. Uh-huh. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. He kind of comes at him. It hits, I mean, it goes really close. It's a nice stable. Yeah, that's really pretty. Mm-hmm. High end, for sure. Get away from the horses, Amanda. You're allergic. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that fork comes right there, man. That is close. He could have lost his eye. <laughs> it's clearly not Bruce uh, fighting with the pitchforks, but Gary Davis. And Amanda walks in and watches them fight. Douglas Wood comes running out and runs out. Uh, of the stable. Lee then knocks out Pride more. And then she goes after, uh, she's like that way. And <laughs> he goes, call Keaton. So then we get a nice horse chase. Lee gets up on the horse and starts chasing him. Everybody's running after him. This episode has got to have the most like punches of the entire series. This one? Like if we were to go through and count, like how, like how many punches are thrown? How many? Did we just have the really? one? I, th- I mean, like, so so Lord Brownfield got clocked. We yeah. did, like, three different punches to knock out the one guy in the stable. Yeah. And now he's going to, once he catches this guy flying squirrel onto him in the river, he's going to punch him, like, a couple times again. Yeah, you're it right. It just seems like an excessive amount of force yeah, being needed to being used by Mr. Stetson in this particular, and and really all the characters, honestly, because uh, who was it? Jeffrey. Jeffrey punched Lord Brownfield in the face. Yeah. Anyway, yes. A lot of punches. Yeah, and they actually they took something out. They didn't take out the punches, but in the script, there was the scene was that Lee and Amanda were had fallen to the ground, and then I think it's Pridemore charges them with the horse. Oh, oh and geez. then he like pulls her. Pulls her to the side and kind of saves her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they had, like, horse punches, human punches. <laughs> there was a lot in there originally. Yeah. That that flying uh, flying squirrel on to, into the, the little uh, water there was really cool. Mm-hmm. That was a cool image. Yeah. And then we get to see a wet Lee, so everybody wins on this one. I, <laughs> I love it. Lee catches him and pulls him up, and he goes, I got you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so then we have the tag, the tag. So they're bringing everybody's luggage to their vehicles. They have several um, people helping them, I guess. So for once, Gwyneth's outfit isn't horrible. Yeah. For once. Lady Weatherspoon was just a little cutie. She was, She's like, that was so exciting. You'll never equal it, Ralph. <laughs> she says goodbye to them. Her cape, though, it looks so funny. It's like such an old lady uh, cape. <laughs> yeah. And Amanda waves to her. There's that navy blue outfit she got when she was in uh, To Kill a Mongoose. Yeah. Yeah, I like that outfit. I do not like that red turtleneck. Lee's entire outfit right here is so gross. I it's just like yeah. <laughs> ugly. There's no redeeming anything about it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yep. And I don't like uh, Bromfield's brown suit either. Nope, I don't like the brown either. This is just a 
I, I don't think this, the fashion in this last scene, not good. The only one who, like you said, is redeemable is Gwen. But I don't know if that's in comparison to all her other horrible outfits or well, Amanda's is nice. everyone around. Amanda's, huh? is fun. Amanda's outfit's fine. I don't know. I, I don't just like don't it. love it. No, I don't think I like bad. the dark blue, though. Yeah, I, I like it too. on her. Dark blue, sure. I, she looks I think delicious it's just the overall, blue. like that. It's like a like a suit or like a matching set. I'm just am not a fan of that. She she looks delicious in blue, though. Remember? Warm, well, warm up. I mean, I'm always a fan of blue. Yeah. Don't don't know if I'm, I'm if I'm ready to say delicious, but <laughs> Lee looks good from the neck up. So it. basically without the clothes, that's what you're saying. Oh, well, always, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So turtleneck. Oh, I know, I don't yeah. like it, especially in that red. It's cheap looking. Bromfield thanks Lee for, for solving, you know, for, for coming, you know, solving the case and everything. And he goes, oh, and you too, Mrs. King. And she goes, she goes, oh, I didn't do much. And they're like, well, and she goes, well, I did stop that urn from falling on Mr. Stetson's head. Right. And I did overhear the conversation in the library. Yeah, you were good. No, but you were better. You suspected Mr. Douglas Wood and Mr. Pridemore. I thought it was someone else. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so then he's like, to betray the security of one's country for a handful of silver. I find that, find that incomprehensible. To think we nursed him so bad in the bosom of the family, as it were. I know. I mean, dude, he knows his wife had, had an affair, right? So terrible the Im- imagery yeah. of that. He knew gross. his wife had an affair, right? Like that. I mean, that's just so gross. Ugh, bad. It made made all these horrible images come into play. Yep. Yep. She goes, "You didn't know." He goes, "No." And then he's like, "What do you think of Mallorca?" And she goes, "Mallorca." <laughs> he goes, "Yes, for a holiday. I think that might be what Gwyneth needs. No, she needs to get a divorce." Because she's all an awful person, and you don't deserve to be treated like that. I agree. Seriously, he just don't let her gives her like that. You're nice. Yeah. I know he loves her, but damn, I mean, you're like a, a, a doormat, you know? Yeah, a doormat. He goes, I think I'll uh, perhaps I'll ask her. Excuse me. So then he goes off to talk to his wife, the cheater. He's a very understanding man. He says he's in love. She goes, you notice that. I know you're trained to notice things, but I didn't think you noticed things like that. He goes, I noticed. He goes, Bronfield's contacts were very, very important to Jeffrey. He was obviously using Gwyneth. She goes, cold. He goes, but practical. She goes, I hope they throw the book at him. They will. We don't have to testify. I don't want to stay. We can have our picture in the paper. Amanda, mother and Jamie, hmm? We'll take care of this. Three my five, believe me. You don't have to worry about it. He goes, the security operation from here on out. No press, no publicity. And then Bromfield comes back and and, and Lee goes, well, he kind of gives her, gives them like a, eh. She goes, well, it's better than nothing. So he grabs Amanda's hand to give it a kiss. And then the photographers all pop up from the cars. And then, <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, cool. Both Lee and yeah. Amanda cover the other's face. I love that. That's so sweet. Yeah. Very cute. Very, sweet. very, very cute. So that's the last episode in Europe. Okay. And on that note, I have a plot question. Okay. As I always tend to do. <laughs> Okay. So, Compton. Yeah. Okay. In the script, that first scene, when they're at the hotel, he's there watching Amanda. Right. And he presumably follows her, I guess, to the park. Right. But then it comes out that Pridemore and Jeffrey, somebody called 
to get Lord Bromfield out there. Right. Which it makes sense, okay, maybe they had this whole thing staged to get him out there, and maybe Compton's going to follow Amanda. By some miracle, they're going to meet up, and you're going to get a picture, but that's, like, asking a lot. Yeah. So did they pay Compton? Was he, like, involved? Yeah. I mean, yes. Cause, yes. And then, and then at first I thought, well, maybe it was the wife. What's her Gwen, name? Gwen. Gwen, because... You know, she calls and gets a sex scandal, and she can have a divorce because she does say, "Oh yeah, I was going to get a divorce." So, I guess it's really just that Jeffrey and Crymore thought by some miracle they were going to get next to each other and mm-hmm. get a picture, which I don't think you can really bet on. That seems like yeah, that was a thin. I mean, obviously, I think that's more of a plot hole than you know anything else. They just had to get him there, and then they were going to somehow push him together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't really it didn't really come out that Compton was working. Definitely like, they must have called him though. Compton was definitely working with them though, because he, nobody's that that would have been yeah. pretty fortuitous of killing him. him by accident. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you do, but Right. Yeah, thanks for working with us. Here's your parting gift. A pipe yeah. in your back. Yeah. Anyway, I guess they didn't say exactly who called. Right. But I assume it was Jeffrey or Pride Moore. Yeah. It seems. I don't it know. Seems very logical. There seems a lot going on there. Make sure yeah. that happens if that's your only plan to get Lee out to Bromfield Hall. But anyway, I didn't know what you guys thought about that. Yeah, I definitely think that he was working with him. He was much too involved. Otherwise, like a photographer wouldn't go to ex- that much extreme like that for such a kind of a tame story. You know, he definitely had other. Yeah, that's what I Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that was one of my my one of my. I'd say top 15 episodes. Uh, just had, I, I just remember it well growing up, I think. so. It had a lot going on. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. The English countryside, the maze, the touching. The touching. Oh, a bunch of punching. <laughs> no, I, I said the touching. Uh, when Lee oh, and Amanda oh, are touching. Oh, I love that. I love that. Sweet moments. Yeah, very sweet. So it's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll give you a couple of recommendations for fan fiction that tie in with the episode. And uh, the first one is a tagalog from A Fair at Bromfield Hall, and it is by Amber Miller, part of TIFF's Tagalogs. Uh, And this one is after the tag of the show and goes into Amanda really kind of standing up for herself and saying, hey... You know, I'm not just window dressing, and I think you need to stop calling me that. And, you know, I'm contributing more and more, and I think it's disrespectful that, in, in a way, she's saying it in not so many words, but she's saying that it's disrespectful that you're just saying I'm window dressing. And, and he actually agrees, and he's like, you're, you're right, and you're, you're needed, and I appreciate you, and I'm just not used to having to... Um, have somebody on the case with me, but it, it is helpful. So it's kind of a sweet moment, and, and it kind of makes up for some of the jerkiness that we saw in the earlier part of the episode with, uh, you know, him being um, just saying she's window dressing. So that's our first recommendation. And the second one is by Rank Amateur, and it's called An End to the Bromfield Hall Affair. And it is about a little under 2,000 words and uh, was written in 2003. And it's what happened after the flashing stop. So what happened at the, after the tag? And they jump in the car and rush off and try and shake the paparazzi. And they have kind of some funny moments about his speeding, which we know Amanda 
and Kate never enjoyed uh, when he would drive too fast. So um, it gets into that a little bit, but it's just a kind of a fun a little bit um, of, you know, after the tag. Both of these stories will link to our show notes on our website at mkcpodcast.com, and they can um, also be found on the net. Uh, the first one is under Amber Miller's website, and the second is uh, on, on fanfiction.net. Ernie the Camera brings you videos that highlights a last episode filmed in England, a fair at Armfield Hall. This episode shows off Amanda's insights on how people act when they're in love and her suspicions when they aren't. She says people who care about each other want to be close to each other. The first video opens with that line and then highlights all those special moments over the years that definitely feel like sparks are flying, whether they always acknowledge it or not. The song is Sparks Fly by Taylor Swift, and the video with all these special clips was put together by Love SMK. The second video uses the song The Lambeth Walk, which takes the name from the local street market in London, shown at the beginning of this episode. The song is from the musical Me and My Girl from 1937, and nicely highlights clips from Bromfield Hall and the setting overlooking the Lambeth Bridge and Pier. These videos can all be found on YouTube, and we'll provide the links to each at our website at nkcpodcast.com. So that is the end of our discussion on Affair at Bromfield Hall. Tune in next time when we discuss a class act. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.